Hey, I'm Micah. And I'm Jen. From 1994 to 1996, Jen lived in the middle of nowhere, Montana. But not by choice. She was sent to a therapeutic boarding school. I had some issues. While there, she performed hard labor. There was also a lot of forced exercise. Went through daily, hours-long group therapy. That shit didn't work. And when she left, she was left with some holes in her life. Holes? One of the holes was her pop culture hole. Yeah, I missed a lot of shit. And that's a hole we can fill. We told you to watch out for that moose. It's time for... I never saw that. Hey, oh, oh, hey! I'm Tony Danza. How's it going, Micah? That's not a way to start the podcast, though. Hey, 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 oh, oh, hey. Do you remember, though, how I used to do that? Welcome to to Say That. I'm the Boss, the weekly Who's the Boss podcast hosted by Zany Micah and Tony Danza. (laughs) I also do Whoa, which is Joey Lawrence. Those are my two impressions. (laughs) Okay, here's how I'm going to, how I was going to start the show. Actually, okay. no, I'm sorry. We have to go back. Because go back how to you what? actually do impressions <laughs> is, is exactly amazing. exactly how I just did, which is A-O, away. And whoa. No, you're missing the key ingredient of <laughs> your impressions. Oh, oh, I know what it is. Okay, I'll do it. Do, I did can do I it. name one? You no, did the first time, but I can I name one it. and you just do it? Just don't think yeah, about it. Okay, just fine. Yeah, first yeah, thing. I can, okay, I, yeah. ready? Mm-hmm. Bobcat Goldthwait. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> uh, I'm bugging at Goldway. Good, good. Now do Polly Shore. Hey, buddy. I'm Polly Shore. All right. Are you guys picking up on what she does? <laughs> I did do it with the first Tony Danza. Gilbert Gottfried, Jen. Do it. Ah, I'm Gilbert Gottfried. The voices all sound exactly the same. They do not. Bullshit. But she says the name of the person she's doing. Bull fucking shit. Those voices were each okay, podcast uniquely listeners, individual. Rewind, listen again, and tell me that the voices don't sound all exactly the same. Anyway, welcome back, everybody. Um, we realized we did not do an episode last week, and we are uh, sincerely and deeply apologetic about that. Um. The bad news is... We're doing Northern Exposure still. No, it's not bad news. Oh. Stop saying that. Like, as soon as you say that, everyone's like, oh, man, I guess if they don't even like what they're doing, we don't. why the fuck would I listen to this no, podcast? No, you're right. These episodes were better. It was just no, that one Northern stinker Northern Exposure a couple is great. Ago. Go fuck yourself. Wow. Listen. Hard line. Listen. I was saying, we didn't do an episode last week, and I thought about pausing our Patreon. Because I feel like we've had trouble getting an episode out every week, which clearly we have. But this is what I've decided is that as long as we get a couple episodes out a month at least, we're going to keep the Patreon going. Now, that said, if you feel like that's a big ripoff and you're a patron and you want to cancel your pledge or lower it, we totally understand. But know that our goal is still um, to do a weekly episode. We're just living life. You know what I mean? L-I-V-I-N. Um, and, um, so anyway, we will have an episode next week. You look like you have something you want to say, Micah. I don't. Okay. Well, that's all. That's I think all I you covered say. it all. I mean, yeah. So, I just want to talk about Northern Exposure. That's why I'm here. Let's do it. We are at episodes eight and nine. That's not right. That can't be right because nine that's and an ten. even an odd number. Yeah. It should be odd. We started nine with episode zero. 
No, what? We started with episode one and I know, two, you dumb But if you dumb. start with episode zero, then you could get to your fantasy world where we're doing eight and nine tonight, Jen. I was trying to help you out. So the reason the tag at the beginning was about mooses, I was going to come in, how I was going to start the show. Jen was oh, going to do impressions. still haven't gotten back there, huh? But how I was going to start the show was I was going to say, we did warn you about the moose. And it's funny this time because there's a new doctor in town. Well, it's funny all the times because there's a moose that walks through the streets. In the credits, yeah. In the credits. But, but this time, the opening of episode eight. Nope, episode nine. Episode nine. <laughs> Terry Polo and Paul Provenza. Good name, Paul dropping. is the new doctor in town. Terry Polo is his journalist spouse. If you don't know who Terry Polo is, she was in um, Meet the Parents. She was the love interest of Ben Stiller. For lack of a better way to describe her, she was also her own person, uh, but, you know. Barely. She was Robert De Niro's daughter, yeah. Yeah, so there's a new doctor in town. That's what's happening. That's yeah, where so... we're at in Northern Exposure in Sicily. Alaska. Yeah. We were wrong. Micah predicted, and I agreed with him, that the way this episode would start would be that Joel... So, okay, um, in case you didn't listen last time or you don't remember... Joel went up the Joel, river. Up river. Is, Joel Fleischman say. is the doctor in this show. He's kind of the main character. Hey, just... He it, literally... By the way, though, if you're listening to a podcast episode just randomly, like this is the first episode you're listening to of our podcast and you picked a Northern Exposure one... That's in the middle of the season. And you didn't Google Northern Exposure to be like, what are they talking about? <sighs> okay, Micah. That's on you. Micah, listen. But go ahead, Jen. No, you're right. But I'm just saying, specifically, people might not remember what happened last time, which is that Joel Joel and Maggie were going to get, well, they did get engaged, but the, and then they moved in together, but then they broke up. And so he, Joel left Sicily, and he went, well, okay, so he went on a call up the river to a little village, because um, I think someone was having a baby. Yeah, initially yeah. it was, there was a baby. And then and he decided to stay there. And he's still there. Last time Micah predicted that this episode was op would open with him just back in Sicily with no explanation. But no, actually, they're doubling down on this so much so that they did bring a new doctor to town. Yes. And in episode 10, which we'll talk about a little later, I was wrong about what you were just saying and you agreed with me. But Jen, you were right. What happened in episode 10 am. that you predicted? Um, or lamented why it wasn't happening before, actually. Oh, well, it didn't happen. So no, let's not. But Maggie no. and Chris, the whole. No, no. We'll get there. I right? know. We'll get there. Before we get to that, let's do your favorite segment. Oh, uh, my segment about Micah's tweets, or, or no, we want to do the one about like what was happening, like uh, newspaper headlines? Nope. You know which one it is. See you in the funny papers. In the funny paper. Well, you're in for a treat tonight, Jen, because I found the worst comic. That doesn't sound like a treat. I found it. No, as it's as much as a turd. It's super rare, super unique. I found the worst comic. One we've done before? Oh yeah, yeah, we've oh. done it before. We're on October 14th. So wait, are you saying it's the worst comic? Like, this comic strip is the worst in general, or this particular one that you picked is the worst one you've seen ever? It's the worst, well, it's the worst one I've seen ever because it's also the worst in history. Like, it's not possible to see a worse one. Why? Okay. Let's go then. 
Okay. Um, we're doing Close to Home by John McPherson for October 14th, 1994. Okay. We've done Close to Home before. The one I remember clearly is the guy running with um, cinder blocks attached to his feet. Like it was weight training or something. I don't know. Sure. Something okay. like that. I just yeah. remember that picture. It's like burned into my brain. Um, Close to Home features... Oh, we also did one recently. I think it was Close to Home where I described the cars for approximately an hour and a half. And that's why you picked that one? Because you just wanted to talk about cars. Like a toddler. Well, no, not exactly. I mean, it was a super funny joke. But okay. it, it was an opportunity to talk about how people draw cars. Um, so he draws people with big buggy eyes, right? Okay. That's something I've talked about before. Their heads are weird and misshapen. And as always in the comics, they have gigantic noses. Mm -hmm. Um, But they always have big buggy eyes. Like, you know, the woman that went on David Letterman years ago that one time and like popped her eyes out? No, I sure don't. You don't remember that? No. It was like a stupid human tricks thing and she could make her eyes like pop out of her head. I don't know what that means. Like she took her eyes out? No, they like bulged out. Okay. Like they moved. That's super gross. It was gross and weird. Yeah. That's what all these characters look like, particularly in this one, because they're all very surprised. Let me explain to you why they're surprised, Jen. Okay, here we are. One panel. You'll be happy to hear. We're in a classroom. It's a college class. There are desks. And in the front, there's a teacher's desk and a blackboard behind it. We can see five students. The angle is kind of over their shoulder looking forward at the teacher's desk, right? Written on the board, wait, I'll wait, I'll wait, Jen, I'll do that next. We can see five students facing. They all have big buggy eyes. They're very surprised by some something. One of them doesn't have his hands like this, but the rest of them have their hands in an expri- <laughs> The rest of them have their hands in a surprised position. Do you know what that is? Like all fingers spread apart. All the fingers like, spread apart. That's the most surprised you like can draw when a, a hand. when a newborn baby startles yeah. and they just... Yeah. yeah. So they're all doing that. This other guy has a fist, but they all have big buggy eyes. They're just shocked. Up in front of them, there's a desk, a long teacher's desk with a little pencil holder, garbage can next to it. Standing on the desk is a tiny, tiny man. Hmm. He has a tie and a shirt on. Like, he's not even as tall as the desk if he would have been standing on the floor. He's, like, two feet tall. Tiny, tiny man. Shirt and tie. Slacks. Hands in his pockets. Yeah. Kind of a smug little smile. He's tiny. Huge nose. Little glasses. I heard you say he was fucking tiny. John McPherson did a number on the art on this one because I can tell (sighs) that the smile on the face of the tiny man is a smug smile. That's great, Micah. Behind him, written on the chalkboard, it says, Microbiology. And underneath that, it has his name, Mr. Lurwad. Are you telling me that's the end? He's a tiny man. Why is his name Lurwad? And he's what teaching is... microbiology. What's Lurwad? It's his name. Why? It's just, it, it was his dad's name, probably. I hate it. I hate it. I don't want to talk about it. I'm done. Microbiology. Bye-bye. Get it? Did I mention he was a tiny man? See ya. Season six, episode nine. What is this episode called? Sons of the Tundra. Sons of the fucking Tundra. Okay. Well, let's start there. Sons of the Tundra is a men's rights organization, (laughs) basically. It's a bunch of fucking uh, 
incels just dressing up and wearing ties and not oh jen this was the 90s those things didn't exist yet no it's basically like the elks or like the masons or some shit like it's like a private men's men's club club. yeah and it costs a lot of money to get a lot of money maurice is in of course doesn't want hauling in and i'm telling you right now it's because of his perv hair he said he told him it was because he's a hugo knot but if maurice i'm sorry not maurice if hauling would cut his fucking pervert hair. <laughs> pervert hair. I don't. It is pervert hair. What don't is pervert tell me hair? it's not pervert. Micah. I mean, his hair's bad. It's wrong it's on many levels. Hair. I just hadn't thought. Only it's perverts, perverts have <laughs> that haircut. <laughs> what haircut is that called? Is it just the pervert bowl? It's the pervert bowl. It's so weird. Which is like a football game. He you had. You know, but it. But it okay. Uh, in previous episodes, it was like combed weirdly. Now it's like a it's like a Prince Valiant hairstyle almost, but it like curl. It's like he has a bob. It's almost like a bob. In it's the back. so much worse than that. That doesn't. It's, but it's thin, Trumpy hair. No, it's not Trumpy. It's thicker than. It's thick. It's not thin. It's so it's weird. It's a thick, fucking perv ass bob. I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> so as long as he has that haircut, I'm all for him being excluded. From all things. Okay. And he's excluded from the men's club. And that's that's all I want to say about yeah. Man of the Tundra. Whatever In terms the fuck. of this episode, that's one thing that's happening. Howling wants to join. Maurice doesn't want him to. They interview him. And then one guy votes against him because he's a Huguenot. Yeah, whatever. Stupid. But then it, um, Maurice is the one that doesn't want him in, and then he doesn't get in in the end, and who yeah. cares? Nobody so gives instead a fuck. of spending the money on the membership, he buys a delivery van. Yeah, so that he and Shelly can start. I mean, okay, that storyline, the only thing that's good about it is that Shelly is like, um, that's this is fuck. fucking sexist that yeah. you don't let women in. And then she's like, look at your daughter. Because, you know, they have like a one-year-old daughter um, whose name is Randy, short for Miranda, right. I think. Yep. Yeah, so she's like, what, I mean, do you want your daughter to be excluded from things? And like, so he actually does kind of think about things in a way that he hasn't thought about things before. He does think like, about it a little bit. Like, he literally never yeah. had considered that that might be a problem. Well, he's, uh, how old is he? Shelly's like 20-something and he's like a million, right? So there's a little, he's from, what's before the silent generation? The loud one. The loud generation. He's from the loud generation. He was born in the 1800s. Back, He's well, married to a teen. He was, yeah, fucking pervert. Ah, you're right. See? So Anyway, that's the I only good thing that about that storyline. a little bit, except it's still kind of fucking annoying. Because no, it sucked. the only way that men yeah. could care about these things uh-huh. is once they have is a daughter. Is if they have a daughter. If they have a personal... A wife is not enough, no. nor is a mother or but a when sister I have a or, daughter, or a friend who's a woman. I remember when I had my daughter, we have two kids, it was like a switch flipped inside of me. Uh-huh. And I suddenly was like... Oh, fifty-one percent of the population also has value. Uh huh. Yeah, it's true. I mean, he really—he was a real fucking misogynist before our daughter was born. Well, like, but that's how it happens with men. Yeah. Like, so, so like when our son was born, I I remember clearly that he was like, I can't wait for my boy and me to uh, get into all these men's clubs and leave out like this woman who lives with us. Yeah, I was on a lot of waiting lists back then for men's clubs. The um, the Trout Man's Club. Yep, yep. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It wasn't, it's funny, it's called the Trout Man's Club, but it's named after Trout Man, 
which is a he's like the mascot trout man so it's trout man's yeah. men's club i guess there was like fathers the of the desert which fathers is sort of, of like desert. sons of the tundra but uh-huh. you know different because we were living in the desert then and yeah, so. um yeah so anyway mike was a real dick club. and then we had a daughter and then he was like oh yeah because that's how it has to happen yeah i mean he's still a dick but you know He's like a little bit better. Hey, uh, can I say something to you? Yeah. Wow. Nice flamingo. Nice flamingo. Isn't she a beauty? Hmm. I forget who said that or why. That's why I bring Ed it up. Ed said that. Somebody was doing some uh, landscaping. Was it Walt? Well, Walt, they... So Ed has a whole weird thing where he eats a trout and he Ed thinks it's Raven, a... yeah. the spirit. Oh, yeah. And it tricks wait, him, and it ever... puts him in a great a Groundhog Day situation. Wait, 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 wait. I'm of. sorry. You just got so far ahead of us. You just barreled like a, a no. Hold on. Did you even say that the new doctor almost hits a moose coming into town? Yeah, I said okay. that. Also, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. So catching back up to where you just were, Ed is eating a fish that's like a whole fish with its eyes and everything still. And yeah, that's Ed's... how you grill up a trout. Ed's looking at it weird, like... I thought he was looking at its eyes like. Yeah, he was. It like, was oh, this at him. is freaky that I'm eating a fish with eyes, but but that wasn't really what it was. No, he could tell that it was Raven Spirit that he was eating. Which is apparently called a yath. Oh, yeah, I remember yaith. that. He said he ate yath, and now he can see the future. So I I was super excited about this because it. it um, they show the same scene twice with Ed. Where so he it walk- seems like it's a Groundhog Day situation. So he goes into um, Ruth Ann's store, and I forget what happens. The it doesn't matter, he, whatever. Well, he runs into Walt, and Walt's holding a big flamingo, and he says, hey, nice flamingo. Hey, nice flamingo. He like bumps into him because yeah. he's carrying a big box. Mm-hmm. So, And then they show that again. He relives it. And so I thought the whole episode was going to be Groundhog Day, uh, which would be really exciting. And actually, Groundhog Day is coming up very soon, and we need to decide whether we're going to do another Groundhog Day episode where we watch the movie four times or five we times on one day. And I say we are. I'm never doing that again. I feel it's like it's not that. even in our timeline, but I still feel like it needs to happen. I feel like that was a one time thing. I absolutely want to do it again. So, anyway, Ed, it, it wasn't a Groundhog Day thing so much. No, he could it just see. It was just see... that he can see the future. He had like a vision of what was going to happen before. He has visions. He knows what's going to happen yeah. to everybody. But the way um, they yeah. showed it to us is they just did it twice. And he his lines were slightly different. Like he was more aware. Yeah. So it was so, weird. And I mean, they didn't cool, really though. lean like, into it that much. It was really strange. Like no, it they happened did. once or twice. Yeah, they did. Because no, no, they did. Like because the whole thing with it was... That the new doctor wanted to diagnose him with something. Of course, yeah. like didn't believe that it actually was but, this like spiritual experience that I'm just Ed was having. Saying they didn't show it over and over, like they didn't. That, right. that was the only scene they showed twice. I know, the rest which, of it was just discussion of it. That was a bummer to me. I wanted to. I wanted it to be a Groundhog Day thing really badly. That would have been really fun. But at least there was a lot of Ed, and we love Ed. Yeah, and it's Ed great. is um, starting to become a shaman, and he knew because Ed is wise and always knows. Yeah. He knew that it was a spiritual situation where, you know, he was like, I'm seeing the future. No, no, there's nothing wrong with me. It's just. Yeah. So he went to the doctor because he was like. I wanted to tell you because you're going to get a dent in your car. And... No. First, he went to the doctor and he was like, what do you do for a broken foot? Oh, or right, right, Or it might right. be just a really bad bruise. because Not sure yet. Because <laughs> he's like, Hayden's going to step on my foot. Yeah. I saw it happen. It's going to happen. What can I do for you, Ed? Well, why I'm here is. I was wondering, how do you go about treating a broken foot? 
Ouch. Where's the break? Well, actually, see, it might not be broken. Could just be a bad bruise. Well, why don't we just take a look at it? Hasn't happened yet. What? Not seen, not till tonight. That's when Hayden Keyes is gonna step on it. Uh, I don't understand. Are you two guys having a fight or something? Oh, nothing like that. But it'll be an accident. Hayden's a pretty big boy. You lost me. If it's gonna be an accident, how do you know what's gonna happen? Well, I saw it. In the future. You can see the future? Well, not just since yesterday. See, I ate this trout. Only, wasn't really a trout. What was it? Well, you know. No, 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 I don't, really. Yaith? Yaith. A raven. Boy, can he be a shape changer. And the doctor's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Just don't let him step on your foot. And Ed actually does try to change the vision that he had. And still, of course, no, he Hayden doesn't. ends up... Yes, he does. No, when he's in it, he makes the decision. He asks Chris about, like, if you knew something, would you change it or should you not change the future? And he's like, well, man, I don't know if you can. If you change it, then you don't know what's going to happen. And so Ed wants to not oh. get stepped on but at the last second but then he's he like lets him step on i his have foot. to let it happen yeah anyway yeah and then and then yes he comes to him and he's like hey there's a really good uh you know mechanic who can fix body work just so you know and the doctor's like fuck are you talking about and then he gets in a fender bender and he's like did you know that this was gonna happen ed then he kind of believes him yeah, and 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 ultimately, like it's it's the same thing that happened that's been happening with Joel forever, right? It's like yeah. he's this New York doctor. This this one happens to be from L.A., but like this big city doctor who doesn't believe in anything spiritual or outside of like what you can scientifically like prove and diagnose. And um, that's actually a lot of what's going on with Joel right now is that he's seeing like the human. He's seeing humans as more than just the body. And that's um, what they kind of go into in episode 10. Yeah, exactly. Which is next, which is called, I didn't write it down. Uh, is it called that? It's called, yeah, it's called, I didn't write it down. That's weird. Wikipedia has it wrong if you guys look it I up. I think that what's really weird about that is that you also didn't write it down. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. It's called uh, Real Politic is what. Uh, no, that was last Oh, are you no. right? No, yes. you're right. You're I know right. I'm right. Sorry. I'm looking at my fucking notes, you dickhead. Wait, you wrote it down? Yeah, man. When you don't write shit, oh, I, my take God. It up. I, I do pick up the slack. Nobody gives me any goddamn credit around here, but I they, took a lot of notes. And they really should appreciate it because this episode is probably going to be a lot shorter and easier to listen to because I didn't take any notes. Yeah, thank God. <laughs> um, well, okay, but we're not actually quite at episode 10 yet. I want to say a couple other things. One, Marilyn. Marilyn shows up. I don't even remember what she does in this episode other than she's meeting the new doctor and stuff. You've worked here a long time, Marilyn, and I would like to defer to that experience. So is there any procedure that you'd like to see changed or any piece of new equipment we might need? Toaster oven. Toaster oven. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, let's talk about billing. Okay. Are we online with Medicare? You know, by computer? We don't have a computer. Uh, do we bill insurance companies directly? Sometimes. Sometimes, meaning? When Dr. Fleischman told me to. 
Okay. Thanks, Marilyn. That about covers it. Okay. But what I wrote is that I am in love with her baby face. She has a very round, very soft, beautiful baby face. Like, I am obsessed with it. And I'm obsessed with her voice. Her voice, she kind of, she kind of does trigger ASMR in me a little bit. I think that's part of what I love she's so quiet. about Marilyn. She's so quiet with this like level, yeah, it's like soft, not monotone, but level is like. Oh, she's I mean, it just. Is I love her so much. She has this take no shit attitude, but she's very quiet. She's very soft about it and with her beautiful baby face. I just am I, I, I'm obsessed with her. In fact, while we were watching these episodes, I went down a little rabbit hole of looking up the actress and like trying to figure out all the things that she's in that I could watch. She's in some movie I really want to watch that's like it's called like Naked Fishing or something and that's not what it's no, called it's at not. all, but it's something about what? like that. I don't know. I I, I thought I wrote it down. I don't know. Naked see it. Fishing? I no, think that's a different It's not it, but it's something like that. You gotta clear your Blaster cast, Jen. Don't. Here's a thing that happens in this episode that's weird. Joel, who lives in a different village now, shows up in Holling's house. Oh, yeah. He's just sitting in Holling's house. And the only thing I have to say about this is that Holling was not anywhere near as surprised as he should have been. Holling wasn't there. He came home and Joel's sitting right. in his chair. Sitting there waiting for him. And Holling's Holding like, a big knife oh, that hey, he wants Joel. to borrow. Hey, Joel. Like... Uh, no, you should have a different reaction than that. You should be su- way more surprised. Well, yeah, because he lives somewhere else and because he's just in your fucking house. Right. It was really bizarre. And they nobody mentions it again. There was no reason for him to be there. He just borrows a knife and leaves. Also, the new doctor, his the new doctor, whose name I don't remember. Paul Provenza, Dr. Capra. Dr. Capra. Um, his wife, whose name I don't remember, Michelle is her first name. I guess her name is Michelle Capra, probably, because everybody took their husband's names back then. She apparently thinks that maybe they should get a gun uh, because there are, like, rodents in the house. Oh, yeah. And they're eating her rice and shit. And, and he's like, Michelle, you wouldn't let me get a gun after they ripped off our car phone for the third time back yeah. in, like, Santa Monica or whatever. Who had three car phones in funny. 1992? Four. It was just a funny comment. Yeah, well, they're or super, super fucking out of touch, wealthy people from Santa Monica. I mean, yeah. And then there's a scene where Maggie and Shelly are talking to each other about their men. Uh, Shelly's talking about hauling, trying to get into this stupid men's club. And Maggie's talking about Joel. Anyway, she, they're talking to each other, but they're not hearing each other. Because they're just both talking about the men in their own lives and they're not mm-hmm. hearing each other. And then I thought, would this show pass the Bechdel test? Because I think not, actually. I kind of doubt it. No, the there's no way. women don't have a lot of scenes together. No, they don't. And when they do, they're talking about men. I mean, Maggie is a a good, like a fairly, she's the only female somewhat well-rounded character, I would say. And she's like a bush pilot. And That's she's what very I'm saying. Mechanical. And yeah, yeah, she's more well rounded. Make her, but her go whole role type. is still yeah, she's love the sexy interest, one. right? And Shelley has no life outside of hauling. And then there's Ruth Ann, who does run her store, but she's now in love. But with she's Walter. in love with Walt, Ruth Ann. Might like, have some. She she probably has some times when she, but they don't. But they're not speaking to each other about anything other. No. Than that. So I I mean that was a sad realization for me. Anyways, um, then um, it's it's really awesome how the white doctors always like condescend to Ed. 
about his visions and stuff. They're so condescending. And Ed is so like, Ed's so wonderful because he doesn't confront them. He doesn't even, I don't think he even takes it as condescension, but he knows that they're wrong and he doesn't spend any time trying to convince them that they're wrong. He's just like, right. But is that also kind of sad because it's just how he's had to live his life? Like he can't confront all the microaggressions no. well, constantly. Like that's how I kind of t- I was yeah. kind of annoyed. I know I could see that, I guess, but I for me it's just Ed is so comfortable in his own skin yeah. and confident in what he actually knows he is, is going on. And knowing that character too. Like I I really like this one because he when the doctor pushes back a little and tells him like, um, actually this could be he's yeah. like, No, Leonard he's like, no, no. Leonard, my like shaman mentor, yeah. is really proud of me because this right. is a big spiritual. He's like, this is really step. great. <laughs> I'm seeing the fucking future, yeah. Doc. Like, yeah, it's very good. Oh my God. Okay, I'm sorry. We just need to talk about this one other thing. No, two other things. Three other things. Here they are. One, this lady, Mrs. Capra, Michelle, the journalist. Yes. She has to turn her computer on with a key. Oh my Discuss. God. Discuss. Okay, have so you she's, ever heard of such a thing? She has a Macintosh. It's a Macintosh. It's like a Performa. It's an I old think. Apple computer. It's yeah. awesome. It's pretty sweet. Um, a raccoon comes in and steals the key for her computer. It's wild. I mean, then it's really wild because it's a Ed metal takes her out, shiny key. Ed that takes you her insert. out and they find it in the river, which I mean. I don't care how good a tracker He's you are. He's a pretty are. good tracker, Jen. Come on. <laughs> it, was, it was crazy. I mean, Ed is, on, is next level. He's on another level, obviously, well, and he like spiritually. It. He's like, a raccoon took it? Oh, raccoons are very clean. So I know I, it took it down to the river to true? clean it. Because yeah. this is the, one of the three they clean things I want to talk food, about. Yes. So raccoons They're apparently trash pandas, wash everything. But then they go wash I all the food. I did not know that. Yeah. That was a really cool thing that I learned from this. They're very. It's very adorable. But anyway... I, my my main point is, have you ever heard of a computer that needs to be started with a key? Yeah, in the 60s. I've never heard of such a thing in any decade ever. Maybe it was like a physical security key. Like it was her password so nobody could get in and read her journalism articles. I guess. Uh, the only other thing I want to say about this episode is that Holling takes credit for a fucking Groucho Marx joke. He says, because when they exclude him from the club... It's Chris who says it to him, isn't it? Chris, did you ever want to join? Me? Nah. I got all that male bonding stuff out of my system in the joint. I always had that Groucho Marx line working for me, you know. Wouldn't want to join any club that would have me as a member. Exactly. Yeah, the old Groucho Marx joke, and he says that. I don't want to be part of any club that would have me as a member, and Holling says that to Shelly, and she's like, (laughs) Did you make that up? Did you make that up? And he's like, Yes. Yeah, he says yes. But what he doesn't do is tell Shelly that he wanted that he didn't even want to be in the club because That's of his daughter. That's true. Yeah, you I gave was him waiting credit for him for to that. do that. You I was just him expecting credit. him to do that. I mean It's because he got voted out. But... And he did tell her. He was honest with her. He was like they yeah. didn't want me. They rejected me and you So know. stealing a Groucho Marx joke is bad, but it's yeah. not as bad as as like lying about Yeah. as as Pretending to be a good dude. It's a worse comedy crime. Yeah, yeah. Way worse comedy crime. But nothing's worse than his hair crimes. And so um, that's the only <laughs> thing about hauling that matters. So pervy. All right. Episode 10, Real Politic. Let me sum this one up for you. It's election day in Sicily. 
You already said more than I wanted to say about it. Maggie wins mayor. And she was running against Walt, apparently? Yeah, I guess Walt was also running. And they had this super friendly interaction where he's like shaking her hand and congratulating her like really genuinely. And I was like, can you even imagine? And then he says, I guess in this case, the best woman won. I'm going to cut that. I don't know what that was. I mean, really, though, I did have the thought, like, can you even imagine in our current political climate, someone shaking the hand of the person that they lost to? No, but it's not that long ago that people were doing that. We can get back no, to it, I feel it like. it really isn't. It's like a few, well, it was pre-Donald Trump. It's one candidate and then many after him. Uh, yeah, and it's going to be, yeah. Um, the city council... So she's she's elected mayor, so she's on the city council now. She's the head of the city council, whatever. But it it it's very Shits Creek, the city council. It's just a bunch. Of, it's hauling Ruth Ann, Chris, and Jean, Eugene. Yeah, but Shits Creek now, was way more realistic. Like they just sit around at these desks and do nothing and talk like they normally do. I was yeah, so you were really annoyed by this annoyed because they talk this all episode. like official. Is that why? And no, because it's totally artificial and weird. Like. They're using Robert's Rules of Order, which, fine, do that. But it's a city council meeting with four people there. It's not even a public one. They in, they immediately sit down. She bangs the gavel, and they start talking like, well, the esteemed gentleman, I'm sure, understands that this, blah, 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 blah. It was so fucking stilted and dumb. I don't, it's funny. Like, I didn't have that response to it at all. Uh, I think I think you're right that Shit's Creek is probably a lot more realistic but i kind of also get it like i could see they went way overboard i could see people in a very small town like going out of their way to take it extra seriously you know what i mean yeah and that's not the part that really bothered me the part that bothered me was a lot of this show even when it's like supernatural goofy stuff going on the dialogue is realistic and the way these people were talking human beings don't think or talk like that in any situation, unless it's scripted. Yeah, I They're mean, not again, able to come up with those sentences. Again, like, I didn't have that response to it. So, I, I mean... It just totally took me out of it. Yeah. And it was like, they can't... These characters have never they talked would... like this on this show. They've never presented this way in any other situation. Yeah, but we've never seen and them. And all of a sudden, they flip a switch, and they're saying... We've never seen them in a city council meeting before. How dost thou vote? No, come on. It wasn't that far from that. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, so anyway, I mean, here's the thing. The uh, the lady, the uh, Michelle Capra, really wants there to be a dumpster in town, a central dumpster they can take their trash to, because right now, any trash you have, you have to drive out many miles away. I don't know. Yeah, you have to drive to the dump. So Maggie's trying to introduce this measure. Yeah, she just wants to raise taxes a little bit to pay for it. And, and everyone's like, fuck you. Yeah, they're all basically. super conservative. Like, I that's guess so. big Even government. Chris, <laughs> Chris is like... Well, he goes along with her. Okay, okay, okay. Let me back up. This is where earlier in the episode, Micah was like, said that I was right. I was okay. What I said, what we both said, is that Maggie and Chris belong together. What they are looking for in a mate is what the other has. Except, but this is what's so fucking upsetting. And now, now I know it's never going to happen because Chris in this episode. 
is suddenly into Maggie. And it's because... Chris has a huge boner for... He has a fucking giant boner. Women with authority. Women in positions of authority. I mean, it's kind of odd that they would show so much of his boner. Uh, Because it's just... I mean, like, it takes up most of the... For a CBS show in the 90s, Yeah, like, it takes up most of the screen and every scene that he's in. It's like, whoa, penis, like, all over um, (laughs) everybody. But um, (laughs) it's because of the gavel, he says. It's like, as soon as she, like, bangs the gavel... Yeah. He's hard as a rock. And, and then when he was but, getting sentenced, when he went to before he went to prison, he still he would have like fantasies about the judge in her her robes. Really? I don't yeah. remember that. He talked I, about all that. And then he holds up like a newsweek. He's like, I knew there was a reason I hung on to this and it's got Janet Reno on the oh cover. Oh my god, yes, he's into Janet Reno. <laughs> that was funny. That was funny. Yeah, so he's into Maggie, but here's the thing, is like he totally oh, fucks he's not it in the Maggie. He walks in the door and just like stares at her like he's eyes he's fucking super her. Creepy. And then kisses her. He walks into her house, he kisses her without consent, he creeps her the fuck out. And then does it again. Then he buys her a suit and lies about who it's from. He says it's from her dad or something, and she puts it on and he I don't know, whatever. He gets he, a boner. He, he acts like a fucking creep show and she's like, no. Uh, He's and it, weird. He like loses his mind. He does not act like, you know, the hot, philosophical, cute, cute Chris that he is. Uh, instead, he acts like a creep. And so now I know that's never going to happen. So that's a real bummer because that should happen. But, but he's he basically the it. he's the swing vote on the council with the garbage on the dumpster thing. thing. So he votes with Maggie, and then she's like, "No, you she's know like, what? I don't want your vote. Reconsider that. You shouldn't." Do this, and it which is stupid, but what comes out like in public during the meeting basically that he's just hot for her and voted for her. You're making a mockery out of the process. I mean, our hearts and minds is one thing, but vote with your conscience, not your penis. And then he resigns, yeah, whatever. Um, um and then Dr. Capra and oh my Joel god, go, they go golfing, golfing out. In... And the only other thing, I'll just talk about the third thread of this episode really quick. Marilyn buys a husky that does not have a boner. <laughs> yeah. Some people have boners in this one and some people don't. And that's it. And the dog doesn't. Yeah, Marilyn has a little plot in this one, but it's where, yeah, she buys a dog who is supposed to sire some puppies, but she tries to hook the dog up. She, like, gets the dog all sexy with the female dog and the and he won't have sex with the bitch. He's you not know what interested. I mean? Yeah. So yeah, then she tries to get perform. her money back. And then she's like, I hate you. She yeah. hates the dog. But then she lets she's him in. She's actually a cat person. But out then of the in rain. the end, she lets him in. So and that's you know the whole that she's thing. Love the dog it was tiny. Like, I want more Marilyn and I, I want know. more substance. Fucking, it was stupid. I don't want to see two white dipshit doctors mm-hmm. golfing I... in the wilderness. Okay, I liked the golf. I liked the golf. I know, but I don't. I don't care about those. Like, I know they're the main thrust of the show, but Marilyn's no, no. such a good I, character. Ed's me, such a good you. character. Like, I'll take Marilyn and I don't want to watch those two dudes do the same thing that all they're doing is rehashing the same shit that Joel went through the first season. This all feels really easy for the writers. Like, hey, let's bring in a new guy. He kind of even looks like him. We'll have him go the, through the same things where he's like, haha, this guy, Ed, is delusional. No, he's not. I That's just was so annoyed That's by this whole thing. That's an interesting interpretation. Again, I didn't have that problem with it. I I thought that if what it's showing really is Joel's growth as a character and a person. I it I mean, is, but it's you're also right. It is exactly what Joel went through. Yeah, but it's but 
I don't give a fuck about this new doctor. I'm honestly, I'm just like, when is this doctor leaving? Or is he staying? And Joel really is gone now. Um, I'm just looking forward to him leaving and Joel coming back. But ultimately, like, we care more about Joel. We, we only care about Joel. Yeah, yeah and right? you're right. We don't like, care about the new doctor. The Joel's whole point growth is, is the point. They're showing that, that difference. That he now but... sees the human body. He sees humans as more than just the body, as a spiritual person right. and, and, and seeing the mind and the and whatever, whatever. Uh, but it's the golfing is interesting. For one thing, it's awesome because it's the only good golf course that exists. Uh, because it's not a golf course. It's just they're out in the wild. Like yeah. there's no, it's like little holes that they've dug, I guess, like him and these indigenous people that he's living with. But there's no, like, there's no poisoned groundwater and there's no perfect green fucking grass. And there's no, like, it's literally walking on rocks by the river and hitting balls into the high grass across the river. It's, I liked it. And then Joel leaves the doctor. Okay, this <laughs> Joel leaves it him. It was stupid. Out, it was like hazing out there or something. At night, all night long. So he sleeps in a tree. It's dumb. I hate it. Actually, I. I and I Joel's like, "You did fine. You didn't panic." And it's like, "Oh, really? Well, you need to test this guy to see if he yeah, can be." That's what a he good said. Good enough doctor. Then that's what he said. To he the was town like, you abandoned. You know that I have to test you to see if you're going to be able to handle this job. So stupid. Yeah, it. I just want him to come back and everything else to go. But, hey, I just found the name of the movie that Marilyn's in in my notes, and it guess what it's called? Naked Trout. Fishing naked. Fishing naked. I was. What did I say? Naked fishing. Yeah. Holy shit! That was that's pretty, pretty much close. right. Um, someone references BVDs in this episode, which is a type of underwear, yep. right? Mm-hmm. From the 90s. I don't know why you've all got your BVDs in a twist. Well, I don't know. BVDs? Probably from the 50s or something. But it sounds like what? Was that a big thing, though, in the 90s and 80s? Because it, I, it, yeah. it really triggered a weird sort of nostalgia in me. Men's underwear was a BVDs. big thing that you followed back then. Huh? What was BVD? What did BVD stand I for? I have no idea. Belle Viv DeVoe? Belle Viv DeVoe, you uh-huh. mean? That's what I said. You said Belle Viv DeVoe. I said Vel- Belle Viv DeVoe. I need a podcast that's just Marilyn talking to me. Somebody should edit all the Northern Exposure episodes down to just Marilyn's lines. Oh, my God. I bet someone's done that. Uh, I don't know. I have nothing else to say. I, I don't even remember what else happens in this second episode. That's pretty it's much just it. basically Maggie is the mayor. Joel takes this new Dr. Golfing. Chris has a boner. Dog doesn't Chris, have a boner. Do- yep. That's boners, it. no boners. Uh, golf balls. Uh, the end. And the only the only thing I can um I can I can relate to, and maybe part of the reason why I loved this quote unquote golf course in this show in this episode is because uh the thing that does connect to Montana for me in this is that we played soccer when I was in Montana, but we did not have a typical so. I was in the middle of nowhere. I don't know if you know this. I was in the I was in between two mountain ranges. Um, there was no town. There was a post office. Well, Condon a, was nearby. And a diner. No, that was yeah. We were in Condon, and there was a post office and a diner. That's a town, man. No, it's you not. got a town. You have a post office. But right down the street from us was this you tiny little airport, like grass. 
grass field airport with oh, a and that's tiny, where you played soccer. A tiny little cement strip where tiny little planes would land. Yes, and we played soccer there all year long on the cement so, strip. No, no, on the grassy part. Okay, so it was like a makeshift soccer field. So it was just a flat. It was a grass flat area grassy area. Available. We played. All year long, in the winter, in the snow, in our Sorel boots and our fucking fleece pants, um, and in the summer, you know, in shorts and t-shirts. Did you have, like, was it just pickup games? Did you guys pick teams? Was it organized at all? Or did you just go out there and run around we and play? We did. Okay, so, um, no, it, it, was, it was organized. Mike, who was my counselor, my family counselor at the school... Was the one who organized soccer. He loved soccer. Um, he was a he. He liked to take us to do different things. Like he also had us playing basketball for a while. He was the one who. Did you also play basketball at the airport? No, that was at like an elementary school or something, like in a little weird little gym. So low hoops. He put us into te- like we didn't always play on the same teams. But I think that he put us into, I'm trying to remember if we had like, I don't think we had captains who like picked people. I don't think we did that. I think that he divided us into teams based on skill um, to try to create um, even teams. And we kept those teams for quite a while where we would play against each other. Yeah. There were these two girls. I was always like, you know, I was on the better side I was, uh, here's the thing about You're me. fast. I'm fa- I was, <laughs> not now, but I was once a very fast runner. And so that's what I had going for me athletically. I had a certain, I had a certain um, athleticism. Je ne sais quoi. Je ne sais quoi. But what I didn't have. Joy de vivre. What I never, <laughs> what I never had was any fucking ball control or any actual soccer skills. And so. Speed I was, is a soccer skill. I was always like, you know. In the better half of the group, you know, but not great. But we had Just these. Just because your wheels. But we had these two girls who were so fucking beautiful to watch on the soccer field. I still, I still think of them. I, I still picture them playing. When you picture them soccer. playing soccer, do you see it in slow motion? Like, I'm serious. No. Oh, okay. But anyway, so yeah, two of them. So they were always on opposite teams because they were the best two players. And one of them was like extremely graceful and just fucking like made everything look effortless. And the other one was like super scrappy and like quick and amazing ball handling. And anyway, so So they were amazing to watch. When you guys had a new girl come, he would just decide which team they went on. Yeah. And then you would... You would all go out to play and then you would like disappear and leave her out on the soccer field as it's getting to nightfall and she'd have to sleep in a tree by herself. Oh, yeah, exactly like yeah. this episode. Of good, good tie in, Micah. That's right. I almost forgot to mention that, which seems really strange. Yeah, I just remember you because it's like about such a big part of you, it. You like haze them and you're like, yeah. now you're ready for soccer. What we did, we, yeah, exactly. Exactly. We would, we would leave, um, we would all pile into the vans and be like, hey, look over there. It's a Smurf, and she would be like, "Smurfs, cool!" And then um, she'd run really far. They don't. What's weird is they'd always go really <laughs> far. I mean, you'd have to go pretty far to not be able to catch us getting into the giant ass vans. Oh, I thought they were running after the Smurf. No, they were. That's what I'm saying. They ran in that direction. When we were like, "Whoa, Smurf!" They would like, like run, run over there, get that Smurf. Like run until you see it. Yeah, because you will see it. Is what we're we gonna would wait say. here though. We would say, "Yeah," and we'd be like, "We'll be right here." But we're like piling into vans and like 
Um, this doesn't sound. I mean, you're giving a lot of weird details. It doesn't sound real. I don't. Well, I mean, a lot of things don't sound real. How did you guys haze new girls that came? Uh, we would like freeze their bras and stuff, mm. you know, like draw a marker all over their faces, draw dicks on their faces. No, that's no. You know, like right by their mouths, and then and it was hilarious because the next day, you know, like they'd go all day with a dick on their face. They didn't know, and then and then by group time, because we did group every night in the. Once again, you're giving lunch. a whole bunch of weird details. <laughs> I don't think this is real. We would all come to group, and they still had a dick on their face, and everybody was like, "Oh, hey, uh, Kathleen, um, mm-hmm. how you doing?" And then like whoever was leading group that night would be like. Kathleen, you have a dick on your face, and then that would be the end of the that would be the end of the hazing where we'd all be like, "What?" And then we laugh so hard. Yeah, I can see that going over real well mm-hmm. in that environment. It was good times. I was kind of joking about what kind of hazing you guys did. We didn't haze people, Micah. We didn't haze people. But I mean, it sounds like the the therapists. Those are big air quotes, in case you guys can't see. Yeah, it there were no, like they did there the were no therapists there. No, they did all the hazing. Uh, I mean, I don't. I, if you want to, actually, to be honest, like they're nicest to you when you first get there. You, they're nicest to you when you first get there, and then right before you leave. You know, I mean, they're trying to be sort of nice when you get there because shit sandwich, right? They're not like it's good at the beginning and the end, and in the middle, monsters. They're you know? monsters. I mean, one of them was a monster. The rest of them were really not monsters. They just were, like, f- really fucking misguided and arrogant. So, anyway, I, um, that's all I have to say about that tonight. I, will, I would like to say this, and part of the reason I'm saying this is to hold myself accountable, and that is that I'm going to go back to my book. I'm going to try to start working on it again. Your book about Montana. Right. My memoir. I just want to make clear, not not like a book you're reading. Like, I'm going to pick that book up again. That's I on am my reading a very long fucking book. You're it's talking like... about the book you're writing, though. <sighs> yep. You wrote. Well, I'm writing, let's say. You need to I revise mean, yeah, I've some. I've written and, yeah. a draft. Let's, yeah. But, hey, any agents out there listening, hey, do you want to re- be my agent for my book? If you like what you hear on this podcast, <laughs> you're going to love this, this book. book. Who likes what they hear on this podcast, Micah? Raise your hand, Who everyone. Who does? 100% people. of the people that hear it, I believe. I think you're right. Have and a deep You know investment. why that is? That's because there are about four people who listen Small to it. Small sample size. That's and true. And they all That's love true. it because they love us. But they're sweet people. They're great people. If they're you're wonderful, hearing this right now, we're talking about you. people who are funny and appreciate good humor and good uh, uh, stuff. Yeah, and also listen to this podcast. And also, for whatever <laughs> reason, like this podcast. So with that, it's time to wrap things up. We do love you. We do. Oh, man. Thank you so much, those of you who listen. I mean... Reach out. Join our Discord. Please let us know you're listening in some way. You know, tweet at us. Post in our Facebook group. Um, Whatever. Yeah, join Discord. Join our Discord. We appreciate you very much. Yeah, we do this for you. And for us, because we enjoy it and it's fun. Okay, that's all. Um... Thank you, and thanks to Grandma Cray for our artwork. Thank you to Fifi Folios for our internet thanks stuff. Thanks to Maya Spider for our music. Until next time, see, see you in, in the, the 90s. 90s.